Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. I love just separating the difference between our mindsets about what is what is faith, what is religion, what is what is Christianity even, versus what is kingdom? And what is what is it really that we have been called into? What is it really that we are part of? And so kingdom come is the idea of when Jesus came to the earth and he said the kingdom is amongst you. And then he said the kingdom of God is within you. That there's this thing that it's not I am God, but he is God through me in me. I encounter him and I get to experience even while I'm on the earth. It's not just that I wait until I die to see God in heaven. I get to experience God now, right here, right now. And he's part of everyday life. He's part of the situations around us. This is the thing when we look at these, um, the baptism candidates today, um, I think Pastor George was, was uh, Alex the one that just drove into, so he was driving past the church. No, Different person. Okay, so we've got people that are just like driving past the church and the Spirit of God tells them to just turn in. Like just come and meet with somebody. And so what, what you hear is, you know, we don't have like a, you know, a high performer. You got to get to that one pastor and talk to that. We, everybody's available at all times to do all things around here. And, and so, you know, Pastor George has met with people. Pastor Brad has met with people. I've met with people. The secretaries have talked to people. Like everybody is ready to serve at all times because God knows who you are. He knows who we are. He knows when we're on that day that we need to hear his voice, that we need to connect with him. And people are just coming in different ways at different times. That's the kingdom of God. That's, that's not about a church. It's about something far bigger than that. It's about the fact that you are known and loved completely. I am known and loved completely. I find that miraculous, honestly. I know me. So the fact that, the, you know, you know you. You know you're not that lovable. Come on, stop, stop acting so like, you know, high and mighty. We all know that the it unfathomable, unrelenting, unexplainable, unending love of God doesn't make mental sense, but our hearts can feel it when we reach it. When he, when he finds us, when he, he, he comes to that place, you know, Jesus said, I don't come, the well don't have need of a physician. He said he comes, he comes to seek and save the lost. That's us. It's in those broken places. It's in those places where we suddenly have the revelation that I can't do it on my own. And so we've been talking about the different forms of culture, the, or the d different forms of the kingdom, the different ways um, that we engage with the kingdom. Today, we are going to talk briefly about the kingdom culture. And culture is a really, really big deal because culture is how we experience things as people. So the culture of a restaurant, the culture of a community, the culture of a club that you join, the culture of a school, the culture of a, you know, whatever, it's, it's how do I feel? How am I, what do I experience? What's, what's really going on here? And sometimes the sign on the door and the experience that you have are not the same thing. Have you ever had that? You're like, do, do you know what it says on your, you know, customer service paper outside? Like, I'm not experiencing that right now. We want to make sure that we understand what the culture of the kingdom is supposed to be. And we've been talking about the separation between religion and kingdom. And they're quite different. Religion will suck the life out of you. It will. 
Religion will suck the life out of you. Jesus even addressed it, right? It was, it was like, it, there are two different things going on here, but the kingdom is life-giving. I don't think any of us experienced any of the people that were up there today going, well, I really have to do this because I really feel like if I don't, God's going to get me. You know, that's what religion makes you feel. Kingdom is like, I just want to give God everything because he's given everything for me and I want to engage him on every level I possibly can. You see joy, you see life, you see hope, you see the fullness of what it is that God offers us and it's so, so good. So let's break this down a little bit and we're going to just walk through a few questions. Straight up, number one, what is culture then? So we know what we're talking about. Culture defined is intentional and unintentional habits of people, the assumptions, givens, and attitudes that make up who we are as a people. It's the characteristics of everyday existence. It's customary beliefs, social forms, material traits. So the culture of, say, Canadians versus the culture of Americans or the culture of Nigerians or the culture of, you know, Hawaiians or what, you know, they, they are Americans. Sorry, I realize that. There is a different culture from place to place and it's experience. The, the, the geography might look the same, the social systems might look the same, but how people act in those places, you experience a different culture, yes? So I remember going like here, there, there was a series or a period of time when um, churches were super religious. Maybe it's, it's still happening in other places. We've just given up on it here, I, I hope. Uh, but you know, I was very aware leading worship with different teams going to different places. For instance, some people had issues with bare feet. So it was like always, you always have to have your, your feet covered. So now some people think, are thinking that's crazy. Some of y'all were in churches that said open-toed shoes for women are evil. So that's a thing, right? It's a thing. So always, you know, we need to make sure that we have our feet covered. And then I remember going on a missions trip to Thailand and we're doing a worship conference there and they're like, you need to take your shoes off. It's offensive if you're, if you're wearing shoes. Wait, what? And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm on the stage and I'm doing this thing with my feet because I, like, I feel like I'm naked when my toes are all hanging out there. Like, you, you know, like, because it's so weird, you know? And it, it's, it's totally just culture. It's just how people have, you know, due to their honor systems, due to the, the passage of time. But the kingdom of God has its own specific uh, culture that isn't really rule regulated. It's not really about those customs. Some people who have never been to church before, maybe you're one of them. It's so intimidating. Like, I don't know, what do I wear? What do I say? What do I do? Um, the kingdom doesn't really care. You, you know, we'll all, we'll, we'll try in a common community to sort of do things in an orderly fashion, but really it's, you can wear what you want to wear. You can, you know, do your hair how you want to do your hair, pierce what you want, like whatever. God will come to us where we're at and he will meet us exactly where we're at. And he's never going to say, you didn't meet the dress code today. Like, Right. It's so great. It's so great to experience that. So essentially a culture is, we could say this, basically, this is how we do things here. 
This is how we do things here. And many of us in our experience of God stuff, church stuff, this is how we do things here, has this do's and don'ts list that is so extreme, it's intimidating. And if you break a few of the do's or don'ts, you feel like you can't be part of it. Because like now, like how am I going to catch up now? Um, like Angie said, well done, by the way. Uh, but like she said, you know, I... I haven't read my whole Bible, so I can't do this, or, you know, whatever. We have these things, but the kingdom has its own culture. And once we understand that kingdom culture, it becomes way easier to be part of it. So when Jesus started his ministry, when he stepped out, he set out to introduce the culture. He set out to introduce a new way of thinking, a new way of being, a new culture that would bring about restoration of relationship. The history of the earth, the history of... Um, God's interaction with man had, had devolved into this. It went from Adam and Eve walking and talking with God in the garden to a list of rules and sacrifices and cleansings and these things that you do. It had shifted into, because God had to make a way for people to connect with him post-sin. But Jesus came to introduce a new way of being. I love the new way of being. I love the thing that he introduced. Matthew 6, 33 is where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And he's talking about the physical stuff that, you know, when people say what they don't, they're worried about what they'll eat, what they'll wear, where they go, what they, all of this stuff. Jesus said the kingdom is, it's different. When you seek first the kingdom, all the other stuff is added to you. So Jesus is saying straight up in that spot, if you want to experience kingdom culture, go about it a different way. We're going to have to go about it a different way. So let's look at this then. What is kingdom culture? Kingdom culture, straight up when Jesus was, we just read the passage when we opened the service today, Jesus was baptized. And then there's the, these horrible verses in the Bible, these horrible words in the Bible that the Holy Spirit then led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Not that that's going to happen to everybody who just got baptized today. I'm not saying that. That has not been my experience with everybody who's been baptized. But for Jesus, that's how it worked. He went and he, he spent 40 days um, in the wilderness fasting. He was being tempted by the enemy. He went through this whole process. And then he came out. The angels ministered to him. He came out and the word says that he was full of the Holy Spirit and power. And he came out and he began to preach. So you know, he's been waiting. He's been fasting. He's been tested. He's come out proven. He's been equipped. He's been built up. The Holy Spirit's raging on the inside of him. And the first thing he says is, Matthew 4, 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the big first opening phrase. That's, that's what Jesus has to say. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent means change your mind. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Change your mind. It literally means reconsider and go the other way. So the first thing Jesus is, he's basically just saying, okay, everybody, it all changes from here. Just so, just so you know. You know, you've been at the synagogue, you've been at the temple, you've been doing sacrifices, you've been, you've been doing all the hard stuff. I am here to tell you, something is going to change your mind. I'm like, to me, it's just like literally this, I'm about to blow your mind kind of thing. That's, that's Jesus, right? He comes out and they're all expecting like the, this Messiah and they've got pictures in their mind of what they've expected for all of these years. And Jesus is not what they expected, 
But his character begins to be released and he begins to explain the culture. Jesus came out expressing that experiencing the kingdom of God would take a new way of thinking, a new way of being, and essentially then a new culture. So in Luke's version of the story, it says that Jesus came out and immediately he went into this uh, synagogue and he picked up the scroll and he began to read. Uh, other version says that he calls the disciples and he goes, but essentially it's right off the bat. Jesus goes into the synagogue and we're going to pick it up with Luke 4, 18 to 21. And it says that he goes into the synagogue, he's handed the scroll, he finds the place where it is written and he begins to stand there and say this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So the beginning of this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me too. Jesus is saying, I am here because this. Heaven has sent me to the earth for this purpose. That makes sense? So he is about to express this is the kingdom culture. How do we know that? Because we talked about what a kingdom is and how it, it produces a citizenry of people. It, it produces ambassadors who express his culture and reflect his nature. So if Jesus is expressing, this is what the Father sent me to do, he is expressing the culture of heaven. He's expressing the culture of God. So what is the culture? This is how we do things. He's expressing, Jesus is saying, I am here sent by the Father to let you know this is how we do things. Fair enough? How does he do things? It is, it is so beautiful to walk through these verses from that perspective. He says, how we do things is this. I am here to preach the gospel. He says, I am here to um, preach the gospel to the poor. In fact, the gospel means the good news. So I am here to preach the good news to the poor. Isn't that great? I mean, considering most of us feel unworthy, Jesus went out of his way, sent by the Father to say, this is how we do things. I'm here to bring good news to the poor. He said he was here, here to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody? Anybody ever been brokenhearted? Jesus did not come to say, I am looking for some really great people, quality folks, highly educated, highly motivated, just really living perfect lives with good cars and good houses. I am looking for you to join my team. No, so far he's looking for the poor and he's looking for the brokenhearted. Team Jesus, okay. I am here. The Father has sent me to free the captives. Free the, anybody been bound by anything. Let me rephrase that. Haven't we all been bound by something? 
Yes, we all have had these things that have been wrapped around our hearts and wrapped around our lives. And we think, I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. Great. Jesus is looking for you. Fantastic. Pick me, Jesus. Next up, it says he came to give sight to the blind. This is physically and spiritually. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I can't see two steps in front of me. Jesus is here for us. He is here to give us the recovery of sight to the blind, the broken, the damaged, the things that we can't do on our own. He's here to bring us an answer for that. He is here to liberate the oppressed. There, there are times when even we have maybe encountered religion, and some of the people today mention that. I, I have done something like this before, but now I know. Now, what are they talking about? They're talking about the shift from religion to relationship. They're talking from the, the shift from I joined like a, a, an organization to I joined the kingdom, where the kingdom of God comes and he liberates the oppressed. I literally, I, I know this is weird, but like I just walk around excited all the time right now. Like I just, honestly, I came home the other night from, from the office and there had been so many testimonies that day of what God has been doing in people's lives. I was like, I came home and I'm just like vibrating. Like Wayne's like, how was your day? I'm like, I don't even like, I don't even know how to express how good God is. Like he's so good. There, there's just, there's, there's, there's provision. There's, there's healing of minds. There's, there's people who have been drifting and lost that all of a sudden they just, they just stumble upon some, you know, some message on Facebook or whatever. And they call the office and they're like, yeah, I think I need deliverance ministry. Great. We do that here. Okay. And, and, and God just engages them and healing happens like in an afternoon instead of like 10 years of, of stuff, you know? Like, God's so good. So this is what Jesus came. He's like, this is the culture of heaven. This is what I got. This is what we do here. And then he said, I am here to proclaim the time of God's favor. That God's hand is in this place. God is with you. God is moving. God is for you. What a, can you imagine preaching to people being like, oh, I really want you to, to meet the Lord. Um, he's so angry at you. But if you apologize appropriately, he'll get over it. Yeah, come to Jesus. No, like, but we get to, in truth, according to the word, say, I don't really care how badly screwed up you are. Jesus has your name. He has your name. He's calling your number. He sent me to talk to you and let you know how much he loves you. What a gift. What a God, what a kingdom. This is what we get to be part of. So when Jesus said this, when he was standing there in front of the synagogue and he said that and he said, this is what's happening right now. This is being fulfilled in your hearing right now. He was saying, this is the kingdom right here, right now. We talked about a quote last week. Leif Hetland said, in order to change a culture, we need to have a different kind of culture in us. What kind of culture, if we're going to change the world around us, if we're going to, you know, we can see broken people all around us, right? Maybe in, even in your own home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, maybe you this morning, it, there's no shortage of brokenness. And yet in order to change it, 
We just have to have that new kind of culture on the inside of us. And we say, guess what? This is how we do things here. The culture of heaven is a culture of life. It's a culture of freedom. But then with the culture, we need to talk a little bit about value. And so what is value? Value is a component of culture. And what it means is that culture, we can say we have a certain culture, but it's proven out by value. And this is a very big deal. It's proven out by value. So what I, what I say is my culture, what I say is the nature of heaven, what I say is the culture of heaven, if I don't put value in the right places, people will experience me and experience heaven in a poor way and be like, no, that's not, that's not God. That's not, that's not something I want any part of. So we have to go through and we question what is it we value. So value, just to, to sort this out, is the number one force that shapes or affects culture. You with me? So there is culture. The kingdom of heaven has a culture. And where we can see the proof of the culture is in the value. So what are, what are the values of heaven, right? So value is... By definition, relative worth, importance, the worth assigned to something due to desirability. So what I actually am willing to invest my time in, my money, my resources, the passion of my heart, that is what I actually value, not just what I say that I value. So what I say that I value, and I can say that's the culture, but the proof is in the pudding, right? We say that. Uh, The proof is in the pudding. In other words, what I actually invest myself in proves what I value. So just to give you an understanding of of what this looks like in action, we're going to look at three paintings. If we could just see number one. Yep. So this is called the Museum of Modern Art. It's up for auction right now, if anybody's interested, um, by Joan Miro. Um... I'm not positive what it is, but I think it's a dude on a surfboard or with a surfboard or something, Um, but it's called the Museum of of Modern Art in Paris, so um, maybe not a surfboard, I'm not sure. However, it is a limited edition print that's for sale, so there's no paint on it, it's it's print, Um, and it's for sale for $29,468. So if you're interested, I can hook you up with the link and you can join the auction. I'm not saying it's bad or it's good. I'm saying I don't understand it. But somebody obviously does because it's worth almost $30,000. Then there's this one, which I like a little bit more. Number two. um, I think I mostly like the colors. Does anybody want to guess what this is? I actually know because it's in the title of the painting. So this is called um, Giraffe and Balloons 2. (laughs) You can see the giraffes now, right? With the legs and the stuff. But it's Giraffe and Balloons 2, not to be confused with Giraffe and Balloons 1, which there also is. Um, So this one, I I don't know, but it's, it's... also a print that's for sale for 2295 So that's a bargain um, off the other one. Um, again, I can hook you up with the link if anybody's needing something for their house. I like the colors in it. And 
the freedom of... <laughs> I don't know. No, okay, so the next one, can we put up the third one? Okay. I get this one. I, I get this one. I think it's, it's really good. In fact, um, Rachel was, when Rachel first came into the church, she's like, I see like lions everywhere. Does the lion actually mean something in the Bible? Yes, it does. So this picture is called the Lion of Judah. Um, and it's a print as well. And it's on sale. Here we go. For $169. I'd spend the $29,000 on this one if I had $30,000 to spend on paintings, right? But what we see in this is not, it, it's so, like this is brilliant. What it speaks to me is obviously the fact that the Lamb of God laid down his life to rise again. And he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the one who is victorious. And he did the first part for me. So I get to live in the second part with him, right? He, he paid the price for me. He gave his life for me. So I get to live in that place of power with him. So I would pay a lot for this, but you understand here from viewing it. Thank you. Um, it's about the heart connection to it, right? What is it that my heart knows about things? What would I pay for it? I would pay more for something that, that ministers to my heart. That's just me. Jesus comes and he, he saw this same thing with us and he paid this radical price. So we look at him and we go, we can see the paintings and we go, I would pay that, I wouldn't pay that, I might pay that. Why on earth would anybody pay that? And, and the same thing can be said for us. Do you know if you were to give yourself a cursory overview, you look a lot more like the first painting than the, the last one? There, there, there are some people in your life that are like, what is that? Why are you saying that? Why are you acting? You look in the mirror sometimes and you're like, what even is this? And you're having like this Picasso moment where your eyeball's over here, you know, and you're just like, I am a wreck. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll pay top dollar for that. I'll pay top dollar for that. I, I can see exactly what you're supposed to be. Maybe nobody else can see what it is, but I can see it. I can see your value. I can see your worth. And Jesus modeled for that, uh, that for us. So number four, what does the kingdom value then? Remember, culture is proven out by the value that is shown. And so this thing, when people say, well, I don't, see the, I don't see the point of God, I don't see the point of church, I would say they've maybe experienced something other than the kingdom. Because the kingdom has a culture that is about freedom, that is about life, that is about wholeness, right? Those things that Jesus said, this is what I'm here for. And that culture is backed up by the value that he paid, and so Romans 5, 8 says, for starters, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still unlovely, unlikable, messed up, broken, damaged people, Christ said, I will pay top price for that. I will pay everything for that. In fact, the word tells us that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. So God demonstrated this love by dying for us. 
How do I know? How do I know that the kingdom's worth anything? How do I know that God loves me? How do I know that any of this is true? How do I know that he's here for my freedom? How do I know that any of it actually works? Because his value backs up the culture which backs up who the king is. We have to, by faith, just lean into this and go, okay, I can see there's proof in this. And if you want to document it, you can actually go back just through history, not even just counting the Bible, but you can go through other historical documents and, and find out that Jesus did, in fact, die for you. He did. We just get to receive it. How about some of the other things? Acts 10, 38 is describing this summary of Jesus' time on earth. And it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. See, religion damages. Kingdom does this goes about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. What do I get out of my experience and my relationship with God? Life! Life! Life abundantly. That is what Jesus modeled. He didn't just say, oh, I'm here to give you good stuff. I'm here to, I'm here to love you. I'm here to care for you. He modeled it. Given the opportunity, he modeled it. He went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed of the devil, and I just want to capitalize on for a minute, who were those people? See, sometimes when we say, okay, well, if that's, if that's the kingdom, then I'm going to try and live in the kingdom and I'm going to look for those people. And we'll go straight to, you know, the street people or um, the people that are like completely disenfranchised with life or whatever. And he came for those people. He really did. He came for the poor. He came for the displaced. He came for those that were, were broken in physical ways. He also came for Nicodemus, who was highly well-educated, you know, a, a, a scholar. He loved the rich young ruler and called him to follow him. He came in a time when women were property. And he went out of his way to find the woman at the well who was not even a Jew, she was a Samaritan. She was downcast. She was tossed aside by so many men and tossed aside by her community. He went and he ministered to the woman who was caught in adultery that was thrown at his feet. And he ministered to her right there and said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. And he brought her into freedom. He cared for the one who was so demon-possessed that he was chained up by himself on the other side of a lake. And he was, like, he was tossed out of his community. Nobody could be around him. He was so oppressed. Jesus made a special road trip to go and liberate a guy who was so demonized, so damaged. He went and had conversations with, with people who were, you know, intellectuals. He went and he found the tax collectors who everybody hated, and he went and had dinner with them, and he spent time with them. The people who, all the religious people were like, you can't talk to those people because they're bad people. Jesus is like, I'm coming to your house for dinner. That's the kingdom. That's the value that Jesus modeled. That's what God really is about. That's the culture of heaven is I get to, I get to love you where you're at. I get to minister to you where you're at. I see past where you are to who you've been made to be. Have you ever seen somebody who is just so, you know, covered in in dirt, you know, after like maybe working in the yard all day or whatever, and you're like, I don't really want to be like, 
up close hugging you or whatever. You're sweaty, you're stinky, you're covered in dirt. But, but because if, like, let's just, it's a spouse, it's a kid, it's a whatever. You will minister because you know who they are on the inside. You know, under all that sweat and dirt and mess, that's somebody who you love. Do you know God sees us that way all the time? I know you're broken. I know you've messed up. I know there's mistakes. I know you feel ashamed, but I know who you are. That's the kingdom. That's the culture of heaven. That's where the value was shown. And the crossover is that we get to live in that. We get to receive the kingdom and we get to live out of the kingdom. Because like that quote said, if we're going to change the world around us, we have to have a different culture on the inside of us. This culture, we don't have the capacity to share it with others if we don't receive it on the inside. Are you with me? If I will sit here and I say, I know you say you love me, but this is what I've done. I know you say you love me, but this is where I've come from. I know you say you love me, but this is how I struggle. And I don't receive it. I don't have it. I have to lay the pride down and just say yes. I have to just lay the pride down and say, I don't, I don't understand why you value this. But you do. And if you want to pay for me, I'm yours. Like that crossover when we receive the kingdom, not religion, when we receive Jesus and not just some church organization, when we receive a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, something happens on the inside of us and the culture can become who I am. So the good thing is now this stuff that I have received, I can give. Freely you have received, freely give. This is the nature. This is why when we say there's been so much, you know, damage done in, in, in church world or, you know, like whatever history of Christians and, and whatever, I believe, you know, if you're, if you're looking for new songs or new books or whatever right now, you'll bump into the kingdom everywhere. There are kingdom songs, kingdom art, kingdom books, kingdom teachings everywhere right now. I believe in this generation, God is wanting to reintroduce us to who he really is. He's wanting to clear the pipes and he's wanting to remind us that he is the king of glory and the culture of heaven is about freedom. It's about healing. It's about restoration. And he proves that culture by the value that he spent, the way he spent his time. Jesus could have gone and spent time in the political system. He could have gone and, and reasoned with people. He could have asked for an audience with Caesar. He could have, you know, he could have tried a lot of stuff. He went and said, oh, you're a prostitute let's hang out let me bless you let me heal you let me restore you oh you know you're 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 a thief let's spend time together let me heal you let me restore you let me bless you oh you're an adulterer let's spend time together let me heal you let me bless you let me restore you let me call you into who you really are isn't that like doesn't that just make you want to fall in love with him all over again like Jesus got to choose where he would spend his time. And he spent it with the people that most other people discarded. In our day and time, that would be most of us. 
we would be the people that we don't, we don't, I mean, who gets to have an audience with God? I don't think I'd be on the top, you know, 100 million list. But he called my name. He called your name. You're like, you like got the golden ticket and you're like, why? Because he loves you. Because he made you. The culture of heaven. See, when we, when we receive it, it becomes so much easier to be who he says we are. If we're resistant to it, we fight it and we try and fix and we try and become what we think he wants. If we let him love us where we are, then we can step into that place of the kingdom and we become who we've always been made to be. So 1 John 3, 16 to 18 then says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts out his heart to him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us love not in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, let's see by your actions what you actually value and if it backs up the culture of the king. Because if the king really dwells in you, it should be obvious in how you do your life. And I spent some time with a friend this weekend and, and she's, she's just got this like life verse or life phrase that she says. She says it to her kids all the time when they go out to school and she says to them, look for someone today who, ha- who needs what you have. Look for someone today who needs what you have. And isn't that what Jesus was all about, is all about? I mean, sometimes it's the practical stuff. Like this, this verse says, if you have the world's goods and see a brother in need. So yes, that's talking about tangible stuff and it's, it's practical stuff, but the world's goods also include affection, love, kindness, open heart, an open-hearted welcome, that place where you give somebody a seat at your table. It is the practical stuff of not turning past somebody who needs the little things. It's sometimes literally sharing your meal with somebody, and sometimes it's just saying, I see you have nobody to sit with. How about sit with me? Sometimes it's about sharing the stuff. Sometimes it's about sharing who you are. Looking for somebody who needs what you have. Here's the problem. If I haven't accepted the value that Jesus put on my life, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. So the kingdom culture, backed up by Jesus' value system that models what the king says, is that if somebody is broken, I go find them. Somebody's in bondage, I go find them. Somebody has a broken heart, I go find them. Somebody has a need, I go find them. And I go and give them what the Father has given me. And I see them liberated, I see them whole, I see them healed. And so this is the culture of heaven. Whatever you may or may not have experienced in churches, even including this one, because people are fallible, the king never is. He is always good. Let's stand together this morning. He's so good, huh? So good. I'm going to have the worship team come. I want to just give you an opportunity this morning. Because I feel like, I feel like some of us maybe just really need to make that commitment. We need to say, you know what, I'm coming into the kingdom. I want to give my life 
to Jesus. And if you are needing to do that for the first time, today's a great day to do it. If you're one of the people that it's like, you know, I did, but I haven't been walking with him for a very long time, then today's a really good day to come back. And for those who have been living under that cloak of just religion and stuff, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I call myself a Christian, but I don't really, I don't really like, I don't really have a relationship with him. I don't really engage with him. I don't, I don't really know him in the way that you're describing. I'm going to ask you today to do something super brave because, um, these are big kingdom things that we do. Can we do he reigns above it all? You reign above it all? Yeah. So um, as we sing this song, if you fall into any one of those camps, I'm going to invite you to come to the front and just line up across the front and we want to pray for you. And the reason, sometimes we just um, ask people to put up their hands where they're sitting, but there needs to be a conscious walking away from what you did live and walking into what he wants you to experience. Yeah. So sometimes with every step that you take towards the front, you can feel the old garbage dropping off the back end, right? So make sure that if you need to make that decision today, you just come up to the front and nobody's like here to critique you. We're all here to celebrate with one. We all need this. We all need this. We all need him. If you're in the balcony, we're gonna take the time. The team will just sing through this. But I wanna invite you today. It is time to make that commitment. If you are making it for the first time, I would invite you. Um, there's a card in the seat in front of you. If you're in the balcony, it's the end of the rows. But it just says, I have decided. And if you would just grab that card and bring it to the front, then the team knows that it's your first, first commitment. Or if you're making a, a reconnection, fill it out. Um, and we just want to give you some tools too to send it. We don't want to send you home with nothing today. But as we sing, you need to make that commitment. Come on up into the front and we would love to pray with you. And we'll celebrate together just like we celebrate those that were baptized today. So God, I thank you for your kingdom culture. I thank you, Jesus, that you modeled for us when you came to the earth as the ambassador of heaven, as the king of glory come to the earth to make way for us. You came because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You came as a gift of love. You came as the heart of the Father towards us. And you gave the example for us of what that heart is. How God feels about us. And Lord, today I just pray that every, every uh, tie of false religion, false ideas about God, whether it's... Uh, deeply traditional or deeply new age, any space in the middle, God, anything that is contrary to who you are, we pray that those things would just be broken today in Jesus' name. And I pray for a real relationship for your people. God, that we would know you as you desire to be known, that we would love you as you desire to be loved, and we would receive the love that you desire to give us. We engage you today, God. We thank you. And Lord, once again, we pray your kingdom come your will be done here as it is in heaven. Lord, your kingdom come in my life. Your will be done in my life. And I thank you, Lord, for those that need to make that commitment this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you give them the courage that it takes to come to the front. And we bless your name. We bless your heart of love in them, God, for them. 
And we thank you, Lord, that today is the day of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.